It belongs here, and so do you. Go Tigers. It's time for the Mark Childress Show on 105.5 The Roar. Sports from a different angle with national guests and exclusive player and coach interviews. And now, Mark Childress. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mark Childress Show. Very excited to be here on a Wednesday. Hey, man, Clemson baseball, they can't lose. Can't lose. Absolutely undefeated. Uh, they take down the Furman Paladins 3-2. to two. It was one of those things, my show starts at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. I saw the 4 o'clock baseball start. I'm like, okay, they're going to get to me like 745. <laughs> they got it done. They got it done at Doug uh, Kingsmore tonight. So uh, congratulations to them. Again, Mark Childress here, Season 2, Episode 6. This is Episode number 41 of the Mark Childress Show. Happy to be here with you. Also, if you are listening in your car, just got done with a baseball game, you're listening in the car, maybe you are listening on the app or in an internet browser, you can wander on over to Facebook. We uh, simulcast this show on the Roar's Facebook page. And uh, that's done every week. And you can participate with the show there in the comments and things like that. You can also watch the video portion of the show. We're at the Pronk Studios in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, is where we're doing the show tonight. And I am honored to have a guest for the first hour with me. You know him from the 4th and 16 podcast. You've heard his show on the roar as well, Mr. Ellis Tolbert. Ellis, man, what is going on? Good to see you. Not too much. Good to see you, too. Thanks for having me in. Yeah, no uh, no doubt. I'm glad to, uh, glad to have you here tonight. Plenty of football talk. Hey, if you guys want to get in, 654 7627 if you want to talk about the baseball win that just went down, Ellis and I are going to be talking a heck of a lot of football here over the course of the next hour. We're going to get granular about the Clemson roster coming up this year, You know some of the topics of the day. So if you've got anything that you want uh, us to comment on, and particularly Ellis, and get his thoughts on it, feel free to jump on the phone line, 654-7627. Also, it's a uh, reunion of sorts, if you will, is I am here right now with Mr. John Height back at Mission Control in Clemson. John, what's going on, dude? How much, Mark? How are you doing this evening? That's good. It's good to be reunited. This is uh, the one-year anniversary for the Mark Childress Show. We started this uh, this week, one year ago, and we started it, of course, on Saturday mornings. With you, John. Right. We got this thing together, and then you moved on to greener pastures, right? And I uh, didn't have time for little old Mark. And it should, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not like uh, that. John's Come the busiest now. guy at the Roar. He's killing yeah, it. No, John's the busiest guy at the Roar. And uh, occasionally we get reunited for a couple minutes. So, uh, John, uh, glad that you're here. Hey, I wanted to start uh, you guys off. And, John, I'll start with you. All right. What are your thoughts on Clemson, Georgia? When I saw this released earlier this week, oh, jaw drop. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> not, not only are you adding a team, you're adding a fantastic rival. You're doing it in Charlotte, which I think is really cool, instead of the usual Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, I was thrilled. What are your thoughts, John? Oh, I was fired up. I'm excited. Anytime you can get this rivalry back, it's, uh, it's a great thing for not only Clemson and Georgia individually, but just for college football as a whole. I agree, Ellis. Yeah, this is one of those teams that you should play every single year. Yes. You know, I'd find a way to wiggle those guys in. Plus, it's just fun to beat Georgia. So, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. You're already assuming the win. I yeah, like uh, I like where you're at. <laughs> you know, unless something goes sideways, Clemson will have a new quarterback under center, which might be Mr. So DJU. Georgia. Uh, in Georgia, possibly as well, right, with uh, Newman, assuming he's going to be the starter this year. And I'm already excited. I mean, I'm excited about this season coming up, but I looked ahead, and Clemson and Georgia both just had a disastrous out-of-conference <laughs> schedule. Now, of course, when Clemson has a bad uh, out-of-conference schedule, 
everyone complains about it. When Georgia has an out of bad out of conference schedule, they're in the SEC, so they don't <laughs> schedule anybody. I just think it works for everybody. It doesn't just work for Clemson. It also works for Georgia. And one of those teams, you're assuming they're probably both going to be top 10 going into the season. One of those teams probably comes out of that opening game ranked in the top two or three, maybe even number one in the country, depending oh, yeah. on how it goes. And ride that thing to the rest of the season, too. Yeah. For Clemson, it helps so much because we talk about their auto-conference schedule all the time. The rigors of the SEC West for Georgia is going to help them out. But <laughs> if you're thinking about Clemson's schedule going forward, it was UConn and Wyoming. Yes. And that, is, that is pretty bad. But yes. now you've, you know, tremendous boost to having Georgia in now. I mean, that's just... I couldn't think of a better team to play game one in Charlotte. Yes. September 4th. I can't wait. I can't wait. That is going to be great. And then I, I think it was about six years ago, the 2020 matchup between Clemson and Notre Dame was announced. And I've had this game circle since. And I'm going to the Notre Dame game this year. I could not possibly be more excited and uh, go to South Bend. John, which is the bigger game to you? Clemson at Notre Dame or Clemson at a neutral site versus Georgia? Hmm. I'm going to go Notre Dame because it's the the closer of the two. It's uh, next year. It's uh, well, we still have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Travis Etienne at running back, and uh, yep. we get to go up to South Bend. Yeah, I, right now I'd say that one, but you know, ask me and ask me in a year, and I'm obviously going to pick the Georgia game. So there you go. Look at John. This is why he's so great. Right? This is why he's such a legend at the Roar. Uh, picking both of them. How about you? Which game do you think is the bigger game if you if you look at them? Narrative based. I'm going to go with the Georgia game. Yes. I think that's obvious. Everyone would know that. But I tend to go with John on this one. I think the Notre Dame is going to be important, especially mm-hmm. this season. You're traveling to South Bend. There's a lot of hype out of Notre Dame too. I think this one. That one might be a little bit more important right now. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, uh, preseason top 10 team, and uh, the schedule is not super difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't often pull for Notre Dame. In fact, <laughs> I never pull for Notre Dame. But for no. the first part of next season, you'll want you'll want Notre Dame to come into that game at what, like 8-1 and one or 9-0? <laughs> and Because then you're probably looking at a top five matchup. Right. Under the lights, 7.30 at night on NBC. I'm, I could not possibly be more excited about this. And that game goes a long way, too. You think back to 2015. You know, the narrative at that point was Clemson had no chance. Yeah. I think it was lugubrious was the word. Yes. Were used. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you're talking Easy about a team you. that Clemson is now on top of the mountain in college football. Mm-hmm. Can they stay there with a Brian Kelly-led Notre Dame team that just wants to beat Clemson? That's all they want to do. So, yes, big game. I still see whenever I, whenever someone says Brian Kelly, I literally see his face <laughs> back in, what, 2018 <laughs> on the sidelines right before the game against Clemson where he looked like he had no color in his face. <laughs> and uh, wanted to be anywhere but in Death Valley to play in uh, in that ball game. So it should be interesting. Hey, John, I'll, I'll pivot back to you. And again, hey, if you're just getting in your car after the baseball game, this is the Mark Childress Show. We're on until 9 o'clock tonight. You can also check us out on the Roar's Facebook page. Uh, we shoot this show in Greenville, South Carolina at Pronk Studios. So we're over there. we got a big crowd on Facebook already. If you guys want to jump in with oh, comments yeah. or questions or anything like that, uh, that would be fantastic. John, with uh, spring practice starting next week, uh, what are your thoughts or or what is the thing that you are most interested in seeing out of those first couple of practices? Uh, The offensive line. Uh, Obviously, we won't have pads on yet, so uh, you won't be able to see everything, but I want to see kind of who they at least put out there as the first unit, see who they, you know, create the initial two deep with, and I'm curious to see how the competition unfolds there. There's a lot of spots up for grabs. 
Yeah, that's one one position group. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think about it a whole lot, but they are losing a lot. That's so that that's you're only going to be as good as your offensive line is this year. So uh, something to keep our eye on. Ellis Tolbert uh, hanging out with me here. Ellis, what are your thoughts? Like, what what do you want to see? I guess in spring practice coming out of the first, is there a player position group? What what are you what are you focused on? Uh, you know, I would go with the offensive line as well. The good thing about that is that you don't bring a lot of experience back as far as starters, but these guys have played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for Caldwell, he cross-trains these guys, so you can play guys in different spots. There's a lot of depth, yep. believe it or not. One of the spots I want to see is that secondary, though. Mm-hmm. That's You know, you're, you're probably missing more of the core yes. in the secondary than you are in, in the offensive line. So if you can get those guys going in, I want to see the leadership. I want to see how they look in pads and hit. Yeah. That's what I want to see. So if those guys can come out, we got good leadership. I'm pretty confident everywhere else mm-hmm. defensively, I think we'll be good. Well, John, I like you. And, uh, you know, Ellis, I like you. You're both wrong. Uh, the position Ooh. group that you need to be focused on is uh, the defensive line. I want to see the new freshman guys, right? <laughs> well, there's a lot and, of them. And, so. <laughs> and not that we didn't have a good defensive line this past season, but the DL was so strong with yes. so many standouts for so long. It's going to kind of be nice to get back to our roots a little bit and be able to figure it out um, and see the new guys with Brissy and Capehart and all these new guys uh, coming in and maybe kind of go back to the way the defense was a couple of years ago. I, yeah. I think I'm the most excited about that, but uh, you guys are kind of swaying me, I guess, on the offensive line and be able to try to figure <laughs> out you know, what might be going on on that side of the ball. And then, uh, John, any other freshmen? I, I, John's always focused on, like, Chad Smith was John's guy last year. No, I'm going to give John some credit. I mean, we talked about him also. I mean, he was only year. the MVP of the Fiesta Bowl, so, you know, what a horrible yes, pick. But he, there we go. Know. He was your guy. I'm was. giving you credit, John. I'm giving, I feel like John's getting defensive. I'm giving him credit. I'm not he used to this, Mark. on Chad Smith all year, and he did great. Who are you focused on? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a freshman, but I am kind of curious from a freshman perspective, who are you the most interested in seeing in spring practice uh, coming up in a couple, well, I guess next week? From a freshman perspective, I'm I'm going to go safety R.J. Mickens. Losing Kayvon Wallace and Tanner Hughes, he's got a chance to crack the two deep and make an impact there. Number one safety in the country. Um, That's the guy I'm looking at right now. Okay, Ellis. I'm looking at Trent Simpson. I want to see him come out and play. This is a guy that's been all in forever. Yes. I want to see him come Mm -hmm. in and play, put the pads on. Yep. I can't wait. I love that linebacker group as well. A lot of young talent with that. I can't Uh wait to see him come out. Uwe Ungalale is, uh, I think, I mean, this is the easy choice, right? But uh, I'm really excited about seeing him. He's so big. I mean, I had had somebody that's uh, been out at, you know, I guess some of the practices around the the bowl games and the playoffs and things like that say, Trevor Lawrence would stand there in pads and DJ would stand next to him in no pads and he's the same size, (laughs) right? I mean, he is gigantic and he's almost like a bigger Taj Boyd with an even bigger arm than Taj Boyd, which is, uh, which is tough to imagine as well. So I think that's going to be interesting to see uh, what's going down with that for sure. So, Hey, if you're just getting in your car after the baseball game, six, five, four, seven, six, two, seven, if you want to jump in, going to be talking football this whole first hour here on the Mark Childress show. I'm joined by Ellis Tolbert that uh, you know, well, from the fourth and 16 podcast, his breakdowns of the ball games X knows I'm really excited about what he did last year and uh, pumped to see what he's going to be uh, doing here in 2020 <laughs> uh, along those lines so should be some uh, really good stuff all right John because uh, I know I've only got you for a little bit here in the show so I'm continuing to pepper you with questions is there anyone in the ACC that is going to take a giant I don't think there's anyone that can catch Clemson this season no not who catch. is the team that you're kind of focused on in the ACC that maybe could be that 10 win team that 11 win team maybe a top 10 top 15 kind of team this year 
I don't know if they're going to be a top 10 team, but I could see them being a 10-win team, and that's North Carolina. I think if yeah. Sam Howell continues to develop, Mac Brown continues to recruit well, they've got a good staff mm-hmm. in place there. I like what uh, Mac's doing up there in Chapel Hill. Interesting. I'm wearing UNC colors. <laughs> Sorry about that uh, here on the, uh, the Facebook feed. But, uh, Ellis, how about you? You know, I'm going to go on firsthand going with North Carolina as well. You're okay. talking about if you look Man, on you paper, mm-hmm. not only are they returning some talented players, they've got good coaching, and that recruiting class this year is pretty good. Yes. They got the other Miles Murphy. So yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. see what happens with that. I think North Carolina does have a good chance to break out in the ACC. Uh, right now, while the other teams are kind of rebuilding, Virginia's kind of rebuilding, mm-hmm. we want to see North Carolina see if they can come out and play. So, Sam Howell, an incredible freshman season. Wow. Sophomore slump. I mean, it's everybody asks about it, right? And uh, you even saw Trevor Lawrence come out and push a little bit last year before he really got it dialed in. Are you worried at all about Sam Howell taking a step back or people having a year's worth of film on him and maybe being able to try and figure it out? You know, I'm not exactly sure. It's one of those things where I don't think the spotlight is as bright on him mm-hmm. as Trevor Lawrence or anybody like that, even Tua. Yeah. But I think it's just one of those things where if he can come out, he can just be consistent. You know, they've taken the training wheels off of him a little bit later in the season. You started seeing his numbers go crazy. Yes. If they can do that, I don't think he has much of a sophomore slump. It'll be interesting. John, what about you? Are you worried at all about the Sam Howell slump? I mean, you guys are picking in North Carolina to be the breakout team, so I'm guessing no. Um, I mean, it's possible. Um, you know, the sophomore slump, I believe, to be a real thing. But I, I think that he's got <laughs> enough talent, and uh, I like Phil Long of the OC there. I think he'll be able to, you know, design a uh, comfortable enough offense for Sam Howell that if there is a slump, it won't be all that uh, magnified. So you guys are thinking first week into December, ACC championship game, an undefeated Clemson team and like a 10 win North Carolina team. Some, that's, something that's like that. I, I, I think we've gone through the whole circle of the coastal now. So it's, it's time to go back. <laughs> yeah, to, just bring it back. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can so restart it. <laughs> we, we can restart it. And I, I just think if you look at all the rosters right now, obviously we haven't finished all the transfer portal stuff going on, but right now you'd, uh-huh. you'd have to think North Carolina has got the best roster in the coastal. They do, but North Carolina, you know, they lost some really close mm-hmm. games, but they also won. I mean, I just feel like they won a ton of close games. And when I see a team that has, what, four or five games where you're literally winning on the last play or the last possession, I kind of, I'm like, man, can you possibly roll Yahtzee again next season? I guess I just look at North Carolina, and I don't have a team to step in and fill that void, right? I'm, Is it going to be Florida State with a new coach? Louisville made some great strides last year. You know, I don't even know who I'd pick in the Coastal to, to be a team that could be much improved. So I might just pick North Carolina by default, but yeah. I'm worried about that aspect of it, right? I mean, you can't do that two years in a row. Uh, well, you know, they kind of... That's North Carolina's thing. They like to yeah. lose by one and win by one. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we'll see what happens with them. If they can get the good breaks, you know, a lot of these teams are dealing with some turnover with positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is prime prime time for them to do it. You know, Miami's going to do the Miami experiment, trying to be yeah. air raid. So we'll see what happens with that. But North Carolina, if they could just stick to what they did this year, improve on what they did, bring those guys in and develop them, mm-hmm. we will see them in December. And then uh, game number five has been a weird one for Clemson each of the last two seasons, right? You had the North Carolina barely win, which evidently everyone treated as a loss for the rest of the season. Then you had the Syracuse game the year before where Kelly Bryant had left. Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Chase Bryce leads him to a victory. Game five this year. On a Friday night at Boston College, John, are you concerned? Is that the jinx game again this year? That's the one I have circled that I'm already nervous about. 
I don't think so. I think with a new coach, I don't know who their quarterback is, losing A.J. Dillon. Uh, Boston College, I think, is going to have a much uh, tougher rebuild year than a lot of people think. Yeah, us, complete agreement. Uh, they have one or two guys that can do a gross sell. The guy that we saw this past season, mm-hmm. or they did have a transfer from Michigan, Phil Jerkovic, but he's a sophomore, true yep. sophomore, so I don't know how much he can do. Halfley is a really good defensive coordinator as their head coach. Yeah. We just saw him in, again, against Ohio State. They do not have the talent that Ohio State does. So I, this year, barring some kind of ridiculous unforeseen events. Yes. I don't think that game Like we've seen in game five each of the last two years. And that's why is it that little slump time that that Clemson's hit? I mean, happens once, it's a one-off. Happens a couple years in a row. You've got to start uh, being curious about it, I guess. Right. I don't know. We'll keep our eye on it and and be able to to figure that out and and, and see what happens. And then uh, we talked a lot, I guess, in the last preseason, John, when you were producing the show about Syracuse. And Syracuse, of course, two years ago had a great season. They were awful last year. I think we're all big fans of Dino Babers. Can they right the ship this year, John? Uh, they can if Tommy DeVito improves at quarterback. Um, if, if, if Tommy DeVito is the same old Tommy DeVito, I don't think they're going anywhere unless they you know, replace him under center. But I think with Dino Babers' offense, the quarterback is what drives it. We saw what Eric Dungy did there for a couple of years. Uh, I think he's got to have a an impact player at quarterback or it's not going to work. Yep. What about you, Ellis? I don't see them doing it. Not this season. Uh, too many defensive losses. Lose your best secondary player pretty much in a very, very long time in Cisco. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they're going to be able to piece it together. So does that mean, so did Babers make the wrong call, right? I mean, he was like one of the hottest coaching candidates in the country two years ago. Everybody was talking about Syracuse coming back, winning 10 games again in back-to-back seasons. Now he's really gone in the wrong direction. Are you hiring Dino Babers to run your program? Um, see, I don't want to get caught in the recency bias. I yes. want to see what he did just this last season. I want to see what he's done over a long period of time. And yep. he's been pretty successful wherever he's coached. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd go with him. I think I'd hire him. Okay. Interesting stuff. All right, uh, folks, we've got Ellis Tolbert in studio here for the whole first hour. That means we're going to get serious about Clemson football, the roster, X's and O's for the upcoming season coming up. This is the Mark Childress Show. When the unexpected happens and you need legal advice on how to move forward, Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, is here to help. Nick is a former state prosecutor and has been fighting for Tiger fans like you for over 20 years. Maybe you were hurt on the job or in a car accident, charged criminally, or need help with a real estate closing. Visit nicklaverylaw.com for more information and call 864-654-3680 to schedule your free consultation. 864-654-3680. Go Tigers! Hey, Tiger fans, do you want to be part of another winning team? Join the hundreds of BASF employees creating team chemistry throughout South Carolina every day. BASF offers a variety of rewarding careers in manufacturing. Make the winning call. Visit us at BASF.us backslash SC to find your future. BASF, we create chemistry. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Hi, I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donut Company in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Drop by for a delicious donut and a cup of coffee. 
pick up a box for your business or church meeting, share them with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kreme. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Granger Nissan of Anderson is not only the home with a lifetime warranty, but the winner of the 2017 and 2018 Nissan Award of Excellence. Granger Nissan is here to serve the upstate with excellent service and competitive pricing with the largest selection of Nissans in the upstate. Granger Nissan is sure to have what you need in stock and ready to drive off the lot today. Granger Nissan of Anderson at 3510 Clemson Boulevard, only 25 miles from Greenville, and always online at GrangerNissanOfAnderson.com. Foundation problems start small, but will only get bigger and more expensive. Candy Foundation Specialist is the trusted expert for sinking foundations and settling concrete. Foundation problems don't get better over time. They get better when you call my dad. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-432-5050 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-432-5050 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Roosters Men's Grooming Center believes a man deserves a space of his own when it comes to grooming. Roosters offers the charm and comfort of a classic American barbershop, but updated to accommodate the 21st century man. Our professional stylists and barbers will make sure you receive the customized barbershop experience through classic haircuts, shaves, and products that reaffirm what it means to look and feel great. Roosters at the Plaza on Pelham. Book your appointment today at 884-8920. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Welcome back in to the Mark Childress Show every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 here on The Roar. If you have just gotten back in your car after the baseball game, welcome to the show. Congratulations to the Tigers. Three to two winners over the Furman Paladins. The Clemson Tiger baseball team remains undefeated. Man, what a great start for baseball. What a great start for softball so far uh, for Clemson here. And uh, I guess we're not in the spring yet, but we're going to call it the spring season as we start uh, rolling into that time. If you want to jump on, 654-7627. Ellis Tolbert from the 4th and 16 podcast is here in studio with me. We do simulcast the show over on the Roar's Facebook page. Have a nice crowd in with us tonight. Come join us over there. Or if you want to jump in the phone line, 654-7627, if anything's on your mind. If you want to put uh, Ellis to the test here or at least uh, talk to him about Clemson football, I brought him in tonight because he knows a ton. He knows the roster really well. We also uh, want to chat with him a little bit about what's and, uh, you know, I guess the upcoming season um, from an X's and O's perspective as well. So it uh, looks like we've got some callers rolling in. We'll get to you guys in just a second. Hey, first question for you. Um, T. Higgins, of course, leaving uh, early for the NFL. Ellis, um, what are your thoughts? I mean, he, he was the best receiver on Clemson's roster last year. Uh, losing a guy like that is going to be tough, but there's plenty of bodies to go around. So who do you kind of see stepping in to fill that, uh, that void? Well, Common sense is, would just be just uh, Justin Ross. Yes. <laughs> you know, they've cross-trained him in that position a little bit. He did look a little shaky when he was in that position. I think a lot of that was injury-wise, though, especially mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But yep. when he's had to go into that position, it seems like he's getting it down. So I think he would be the obvious replacement. But, I mean, we're looking at some young guys. Joe Ngata could come in and, who knows, he could be that next guy. Frank yes. Gladson. I, a guy I want to look out for, though, is EJ I want to see what EJ can do this year. He's mm-hmm. coming in. I mean, 
if EJ Williams has half the success that Justin Ross had in this freshman season, we're good, <laughs> good luck. It's going to be great. I think uh, having Amari Rogers back in the slot, I think uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of him next year. Oh, so yeah. should be interesting for sure. Hey, let's go to the Northland Communication phone lines. Again, 654-7627 if you want to jump in. We've got Dave from Simpsonville with us. Dave, man, what's going on? Not much. I'll tell you what, finally got in a warm car after sitting out in that cold baseball game. It's fun <laughs> to see the Tigers uh, pull out a victory here against Furman. And, you know, you're going 4-0 to start the season. That's not a bad way to start it for a team that really didn't have a lot of a lot of, uh, of some information on it. It's a very young team. And, by God, we're running the ball more whatever it takes. Oh. No, I was going to say a win's a win, right? Doesn't matter if you if you bunt nine times in a game if you get the win, right? Exactly. I think it's an exciting brand of baseball. It's an old school brand of baseball, right? Yeah, that's what we've been waiting on. understood Monty got a book. Hey Dave, what's your hey, thought you on the uh, the pitching staff so far? Pitching staff's been really solid through the first four games, and uh, been throwing a lot of different arms out there. And uh, I've been really impressed with uh, with most of the arms I've seen so far. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you what, uh, the, the kid I'm very impressed with is 44. Uh, Nick, I can't remember his last name. He's a freshman. But uh, he's pitched twice so far this, this season, and he's done well uh, there. Strider pitched a heck of a three-inning. I think they had him on a uh, pitch count, 45 to 50 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He pitched nails. The only thing is, <laughs> I think so far, we're pitching fire uh, too much. Uh, I would like to see him for the weekends. I thought we, we, we picked him out there three times this, already this season in four ball games. And you got to, he's too important to pitch against Furman when you've got adequate arms to go out there and get these guys out. And you're going to need him down the stretch. You know, and, and, and yeah, he's got to get, he's got to get mid-season form. But, uh, but I, I just don't want to use him up too quickly and take a chance on hurting because uh, that's a very, very valuable commodity for that, uh, for that pitching staff because of his leadership and his, his, his acumen. I mean, the, the man's been out there for four straight years, so we definitely don't want to hurt him now early. Yeah, Dave, uh, Nick Clayton's the uh, freshman uh, right-hander who's gotten in a couple of times, uh, number 44. I agree with you. Don Munson was talking about it on the broadcast tonight. I'm doubting you were listening to that since you were in the stadium. But said the same thing, right? That Spires really kind of ran out of gas at the end of last season because they rode him so much, lost a little bit of that velocity. And as you know, you lose even two or three miles an hour sometimes off that fastball. That changes the whole cadence and everything uh, for a pitcher and can be problematic. So uh, I think you're spot on with everything. Stony Brook coming in this weekend for a three-game series. I'm sure you'll be out at some of those as well, Dave. Oh, looking forward for the sweep, looking forward for the whole week. <laughs> So we need to get our friends and your friends for Keep that stuff up in the air. We don't need it back down here anymore. But, you know, I, I tell you, if, if, if we can go into the South Carolina series undefeated or maybe even 9-1, and one, you know, that's going to be a good series and a good test for Clemson. you got two down there in the Sunday game here. Uh, that's that's going to be a good 
real road test, keep these guys away from here for a little bit and, and see what they're made of. And, you know, going into the Founders Park down there is, is not an easy place, but they have played at the, uh, at the minor league stadium, and they've done pretty well there. So, I'm, you know what? Hey, every day we get to go watch them play, that's a great day, no matter how they do, because this is going to be a fun team as we get deeper into the, into the season, I really do believe. Good stuff, Dave. Really appreciate the call, man, and uh, and some good analysis. The only nitpick thing I'll do is, uh, you know, I fill in for sports on WSPA Channel 7. So <laughs> watch WSPA Channel 7 for your news and snow updates over the next couple of days. It looks like we're just going to get a dusting tomorrow. I'm looking you look very skeptical. Uh, you got, you know, all those weather models, you got to watch out for those, but I'm skeptical of it. Are you a big, were you a big, like, go play in the snow as a kid? Wait, you're from, are you from the Midlands? I, you're from South Carolina. No. Capital Heights, Maryland. Capital Heights, Maryland. So it was more okay. of it was more of instead of playing in the snow, shoveling the snow, so we can okay. go somewhere. Yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm all for it, but I'm skeptical. I haven't seen enough of it here, and it doesn't last long. We had that good dusting the other day. Yeah. It was beautiful until it wasn't. <laughs> so I'm, just I'm you wait, man. They'll uh, they'll be coming. I spent about uh, better part of two decades down in Atlanta before we moved up here about two years ago, and Atlanta got smoked a couple of times oh, with boy. just like really quick snows. We called them snowmageddons, where it would hit at like noon on a Friday and everybody tried to get out of town and, and would clog up the highways. So it uh, should be some interesting stuff. Hey, if you want to jump in on the phone line, 654-7627, talk baseball, talk football, anything like that. That's why we've got Ellis here to uh, chat Clemson football as much as possible uh, for the show today for sure. So um, Ellis asked you about T. Higgins being gone and is that going to have an impact? What about the impact on the running back position? I mean, obviously everyone's celebrating that Travis Etienne's coming back, but you've got a new rock star, five star coming in on the running back yeah. position as well. You've also got a couple of freshmen that were in uh, last year with Malusi and Dukes. That's a really full running back room. Could you see a player making, uh, you know, I don't want to say transfer, but could you see a player maybe making a pivot into a wide receiver or doing something like that? Is What are your thoughts on the running back room, which could be the best in the country? Yeah. Well, don't forget about Kobe Pryor, too. So yeah, that's right. Coming in as that's well. right. So this is a very, very filled room. But yes. I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see a guy or two reevaluating his future. Uh, right now, we have to figure out who that will be. Yes. A lot of that contends on how much of the playbook that a guy like Demarcus Bowman can get down when he comes in. Mm-hmm. If he can get that in the – because I think he's coming in in the fall. Yes. So we're, yeah, we're he not going to see him for the entire Correct. spring. But you're going to see a chance for those guys like Dukes, Malusi, even Lynn J. Dixon to kind of step in and make sure they cement themselves in the depth chart. Yep. Uh, we had some attrition before, some players – Leaving the school, yes, uh, you know, but it's it's going to be one of those things. They're just going to evaluate. But right now, I agree with you. This might be one of the best running back groups in the country. Do you think that Travis will be used in the same way in his you know final year of of his career at Clemson as he has this last couple of years? Do you think they'll ride him a little bit more? I mean, it, it's you can't argue with it. You've made the national title game three years in a row. In the last two years, it was uh, with a limited use of ETN. Right. Do you think it's the same thing next year? Well, it's kind of interesting. We've talked about this before in the past where, you know, Travis ETN actually got less carries with Tavian Feaster gone. Yes. So it's one of those things where it's kind of confusing. I think everyone expected to have Travis ETN get the ball 20, 30 times a game. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see something a little bit similar to what it's been. Yeah. But I think Travis ETN comes back to carry the ball. He yes. is not coming back just to, you know, 
be, you know, he wants to come in and carry the ball. So you don't think it's the 12 to 14 carries a game? You think you're seeing 16, 18 a game from I'm thinking him. it's 16, 18, maybe even 22. It depends on the game. We have that weird game five we have. We might, yeah. might be about a 22 <laughs> or 23. Yeah, there we go. And I... Uh, d- do you count it for a running back if they catch the ball out of the backfield? Do you count that kind of as a rush? I mean, are you more focused on, hey, let's get Travis Etienne a certain number of rushes or a certain number of touches? Right now at this point in his development, I want to see touches. Yes. Now, carries are important. We all like that. But a lot of the times you see some of these running backs in college, they're just running the ball. Look mm-hmm. at a guy like Jonathan Taylor, 411 carries. Carries. Yep. Not just touches. So we want to see Travis Etienne be able to get the ball out of the backfield because we're seeing that he is a threat catching the ball. Yes. Uh, so I want to see touches more so than carries. Really late in the season and in the postseason, it was almost uh, Travis Etienne through the air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he did more damage than he did on the ground at a lot of times. But, of course, a lot of those defenses were focused on trying to take Travis Etienne away on the ground. So that'll be interesting. Hey, back to the Northland Communication phone lines. If you want to jump in, 654-7627. Jamie joins us. Jamie, what's on your mind? How are you doing? Doing good, man. Hello. Hey, good, good. Listen, I want to talk about a number of things. But um, first of all, talk about what Brandon Streeter is going to do for this offense. You know, talk about maybe his role because they called him the passing game coordinator. Um, so, so is he going to kind of do the same things that Jeff Scott did, or how's it going to be different? Or kind of talk about his new role a little bit. Yeah, we can do that. That's why we've got Ellis here. Ellis, what's your thoughts on uh, Brandon Streeter's, I guess, expanded role for 2020? Well, I think he had a hand in the offense in general. Obviously, if you're the quarterback coach, you are overseeing everything that comes out of the place. I mean, the quarterback, it it starts with the quarterback. I think now he's going to have a little bit better. I think the difference between Jeff Scott and a guy like Brendan Streeter is Jeff Scott also helped call the plays. Whereas Brendan Streeter is going to have that eye in the sky type thing. I don't know that he's going to be on the field or down on the, that could, that's something we need to watch out for, especially mm-hmm. during the spring. But yep. I think he's going to be more in control over the passing game. Yeah, yeah, he's on the field now, but when he goes into the passing game coordinator, I'm, I'm not exactly sure if he's going to be in the box, kind of like a Joe Brady type deal. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have a, an immense impact on this offense. It's yes. going to look so different. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, good. You said you had a couple questions, Jamie. What else is on your mind? We've got to talk about the inevitable. Um, what are we going to do with this basketball team? This basketball team. <laughs> oh, gosh. No end. <laughs> because, let me tell you something. And the reason I feel like I can do this is it was a couple of years ago, Brad Brownell made the statement that this team was like old Danny Ford. First of all, give me a break. this team goes 0-5 over the next five. Now, I don't look for that to happen. I hope that don't happen, but we just don't know. I mean, I, I think that I think that Brad Brownell's job is safe, but do you guys buy into a theory where, uh, and I know he went to between 16, let's don't forget that. I've been criticized and I forget that. But no, I'm not forgetting that, but you can't play on that for five years after it's happened. You know, 
that's not going to last five years. But would you guys mind to a serious uh, Dan Radikovich, uh that going to come in the office and sit down and say, okay, you've had a good year, you did your best job ever coaching, uh, but next year you got to get to the NCAA because you've got enough talent coming back. You finally got some guys in there. But it just kind of concerns me because he's been playing on this new arena, and Little John is beautiful, but don't you think maybe it might be time to get a new coach in there with a new voice so he can reap the benefits of a new arena? So, Jamie, you're throwing a lot at us here, Ooh, and, nice. and I'll put it uh, – and thanks for the call, Jamie. We really appreciate it. Um, so I'm a Clemson basketball season ticket holder, yep. huge fan. My son here who helps produce the show at the Prong Studios right behind me, biggest Clemson basketball fan I know. <laughs> so we're putting it through that lens, right? You've got to take a couple of years in the Brad Brownell era where, I mean, Clemson had a year where they didn't play in Little John. Yeah. They wouldn't play it in, in Greenville, bon South Secours. Carolina, <laughs> in Bon Secours, right? So two seasons ago – not even 24 months ago, Clemson was having one of the best probably four or five seasons in the history of their program. Yes. So he does get a little bit of time from that. He broke the streak at North Carolina this year. Yes. And you can say North Carolina was down. Okay, Doesn't yeah. matter. There have been other years North Carolina was down. There's been years where Clemson's had great teams and went up and lost at North Carolina. So I think there's some good things to uh, to do. I am waiting until the end of the season. I'm going to pull a John Hyde here. All right. <laughs> I'm waiting until the end of the season to pass judgment. On this basketball team, could they go 0-5 the next five? Yes, but they could go 5-0. and They've got Boston College on the road. they got Virginia Tech on the road. they got a pair with Georgia Tech. Those are, three, those are four very winnable games. Those are not great basketball teams. You do have one great basketball team left of the last five. It's Florida State, but you got them in Little John. And Clemson's a different, completely yes, different team. Absolutely. In Little John, what, I guess a week from Saturday on uh, the 29th when they'll be playing. So I'm waiting to pass judgment. I look at those last five and say, hey, man, Clemson goes four and one, finds a way to win a game or two. I mean, Clemson goes four and one in those last games are 11 and nine in the in the conference this year in the ACC. So you can talk this up one side and down the other. Brad Brownell's job is safe. He's got a good recruiting. Maybe the best recruiting class that's ever come into Clemson next year. Right. You've got two very highly sought after recruits. You've got Nick Honor, a guard who really helped Clemson uh, overseas in the offseason. Yes. He'll be coming back next year. You've almost got too many good guards next year. <laughs> all you're losing is Tevin Mack and Curran Scott yeah. from who plays. The season after that, all you're losing is Amir Sims. Yeah. This is a really young basketball team. So I know, and Jamie's probably sitting out there in his car right now, rolling his eyes. Oh, wait till next year. You sound like the Gamecocks and their football team. Again, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm a little bit biased about it, but uh, those are my thoughts. Well, I, I, I sort of take the same thought, but I'm, I'm gonna—I'll I'll get play devil's advocate. But okay. Yeah. I think a lot of things that people want to see from the Clemson basketball program. Number one, consistency. Yes. It, that's what's making so everyone so up in air right now. It's mm-hmm. in flux because one minute you're pounding your fist and with a pitchfork saying, get him out of there. Then they'll go and beat North Carolina or Louisville. And everybody's going, what? This team is, what, what's going? And that's what's getting everyone so, they don't know what they want to do. Yes. Brownell being one of the most successful basketball coaches record-wise at Clemson, I'm pretty sure he's saved. Now, with the conversation with Radakovich, pretty sure that's already happened. Mm-hmm. But I think Radakovich is looking for for the long ball. It's almost kind of like if we're, if we're comparing coaches, it's almost like Dabo mm-hmm. in a sense where, you know, Terry Don was like, hey, man, <laughs> you got to win or we're going to both be out of here. Yes. So I think he understands it. But if you're waiting for Clemson to be the number one or two team in the ACC, 
that's a little steep. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's impossible, but that's a little steep. But I do think with time, if they continue with recruiting that's going on right now, you do have a new arena. You can get this team to be a top three, four, five team. And at this point, that's all I'm looking forward to. Yep. Should be interesting for sure. So uh, all kinds of talk here. We'll cover just about every Clemson sport. But we're going to be talking some more Clemson football coming up after the break. Ellis Tolbert is here with me. This is the Mark Childress Show. Have you searched all over for your family's vehicle and can't find it on the lot? With the largest selection of Nissans in the upstate, Granger Nissan of Anderson is sure to have what you need in stock and ready to drive off the lot today. Proudly serving the upstate, Granger Nissan of Anderson is a proud partner of the Clemson Tigers and home with a lifetime powertrain warranty on all new vehicles. Conveniently located at 3510 Clemson Boulevard in Anderson and only 25 miles from Greenville and online at GrangerNissanOfAnderson.com. The Health Dare, we only care about one kind of fat, belly fat. It increases the risk of heart attack, stroke, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, anxiety, and depression. Inches on your belly can be years on your life. It's not worth ignoring, so call the Health Dare. We specialize in blasting belly fat. And at the Health Dare, the second person is always free because we won't let you do this alone. Call 1-877-I-DARE-ME or go to idareme.com. It's almost here. It is a new year, 2020, March 14th. That's the day I'm talking about. It's Seneca's Half Marathon and 5K brought to you by no other than Henry Ramirez and all the gang at Upstate Medical Associates. And this year, it's going to be a huge success. And it's really great, too, because we've got some great swag. Just for signing up, $25 in advance for the 5K and $50 in advance for the Half Marathon. Now, you're going to get a nice jacket, a visor, a tote bag, and just for finishing the 5K, you're going to get a medal this year. So it's going to be really, really terrific. Sign up today, make a commitment, and come on out and join us on March the 14th, starting at 8 o'clock. Now, We'll have some great prizes beforehand. Julian Davis will be there giving away some great cash prizes at the beginning of the race. Bradley's Jewelers got some jewelry to give away. And we've got great food from 313 Cafe. Now, if you want to know more information, check out our website at www.seneca.sc.us and commit yourself today to Seneca's Half Marathon and 5K. It's baseball season in Clemson, South Carolina. Show your love for the Tigers everywhere you go with your Clemson University debit card from Founders Federal Credit Union. If you bleed orange and purple and want to show your team spirit, get your Clemson University debit card today. Head to the Clemson office, get yours, or visit foundersfcu.com to order your card and have it shipped directly to you. Not a Founders member? Visit relaxjoinfounders.com. See if you qualify for membership. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. I've told you before and I'll tell you again, if you or a loved one is a victim of medical malpractice, I encourage you to call Parham Smith and Archinold Attorneys at Law. Medical malpractice is what they do. It's what they're known for and they're known as the best. They've handled some of the largest medical malpractice cases in the upstate. It costs you nothing to talk with them and you only pay if there's a settlement or a verdict. Call 242-9008 and speak with Parham Smith and Archinold. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. My veins are blue and connected and every single bone in my brain is electric. 
Welcome back in to the Mark Childress Show. Mark Childress here with Ellis Tolbert, talking Clemson football, basketball, baseball. I've had some great callers. If you want to jump in, 654-7627. Uh, we can talk about all that. I've got Ellis here, of course, from the 4th and 16 podcast. Football is his specialty. So we've been talking football, and we go in heavy Clemson football here in the final segment today. If you were driving back from the baseball game, congrats to Clemson. 3-2 win over Furman, still undefeated on the season for the Clemson Tigers baseball team. Um, you can go over onto our Facebook page, the Roars Facebook page, and we simulcast the show over there in the Prox Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. So you can participate with the show on the video side, or you can listen in your car on the app or in an internet browser. So, hey, we got a good question in here. We talked a little bit about Travis Etienne last segment, uh, Ellis, and uh, about him becoming a weapon out of the backfield. One of the folks on Facebook jumped in, John Mason, talking about Galloway blocking downfield for him. The receivers for Clemson are incredible blockers. Yes. I mean, they, they are so well coached, and the way they block down the field is great. Talk a little bit about uh, what you expect to see from the tight end position next year, because I don't want to say it was a wasted year at tight end, but Clemson really didn't have the right guy to be able to use the tight end the way they wanted to this past year. But I feel like they have one or maybe even two guys that can do that next season. Or three or four. Oh, even better. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. tra- it's, first things first, it's going to be a very, very deep group this year. Oh, uh, nice. You're talking about having a guy like Braden Galloway coming mm-hmm. back a full season without any of that NCAA stuff. Yep. But I uh, don't even talk about that case. And it no road wear on the no tires either. He yeah, he's ready to go. Good to go. He's yeah. got a little bumps from the Ohio State game, but, yeah. <laughs> but he's good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking for Braden Galloway to be the guy coming out of the gate. Uh, I'm for good reason. He's a pretty good size player. He's fast. He's strong. Can catch the ball. That's what Clemson's been lacking for the last few years. I don't mm-hmm. want to say that they haven't had that guy, but maybe it's just being able to get that guy to play in that capacity. But now you're bringing in guys like Davis Allen. He's going to be a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Like his body, he's going to be a big, strong guy to play as well. He's They're comparable size. They're, both guys are pretty big. And then Jalen Lay is almost he's a beast. <laughs> I don't even know how you classify him. He is mm-hmm. one of those guys that just transcends the position. But you're bringing in Sage Ennis. That's one of the guys that I'm looking for to actually make a jump. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at his film, that guy's going to be able to come out and be a threat in the receiving game. Crazy thing is, you still have J.C. Chaw. You still have Luke Price. Yeah. So you have that H-back type guy. Even and they can catch the ball. Let's not act like those guys can't catch. Mm-hmm. But now you have an extra weapon with having the running back, the tight end catching the ball, the quarterback running the ball. Clemson's going to be very dangerous offensively next season. I will say this, and I mean, when we think tight ends, we think, hey, you've got to have big production. It's got to be Dwayne Allen. Right. You know, it's got to be Jordan Leggett. Clemson's has had some incredibly good. I mean, J.C. Chalk's a great blocking tight end. Yeah. So, what's the importance of blocking in this offense out of the tight end position? Because you want the athletes to be able to go catch the ball, but I feel like the tight end is kind of an overlooked position in the way that Clemson busts some plays. Yeah, and one of the big things about tight end, especially in Clemson's offense, is it's very, very difficult. <laughs> You've got to learn all the protections. Mm-hmm. You got to also know the routes. You got to know which side you're pass tagged on. It's very difficult. So, if you can get that down and be a great blocker, a willing blocker. That's mm-hmm. what's going to get you some playing time. And, you know, let's go back. to We talked about the guys like Jordan Leggett. Jordan Leggett was a great tight end. For a while, he was not. Yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. blocking was one of the things. So being able to get these guys, having the, you know, being able to do that, you can bring out 12 personnel. You can have two tight ends in a set. And, you know, oh, at that point, that just changes everything for Clemson. Yep. And uh, we had a great question. I believe it was from Jamie who called in the last segment. If I got that wrong, I apologize. And, again, if you want to jump in, if you've got a question, 
questions specifically for Ellis or myself about Clemson football for next season, spring practice coming up, 654-7627. Jump in the Northland Communication phone lines with us. Uh, we talked about, obviously, Jeff Scott going down to South Florida, so Brandon Streeter becomes passing game coordinator, and will have a bigger role in the offense. I know we don't know what Brandon Streeter's thinking, but if, if you could make some tweaks or some adjustments to the way that Clemson does things on offense, is there anything that sticks out to you that you'd like to see Clemson doing more of or less of? Easy. Use the entire field. That's what we want to see. I know, I know that was a big complaint from Clemson fans and uh-huh. people watching in general. you got to be able to use the entire field. That's what having a dedicated passing game coordinator is going to go for. He's going to be able to look at the entire field. He's going to be able to look at all the 22, and he's going to say, hey, you know what? We can use that spot. That middle of the field's wide open. Hey, Tony, you, right here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to open everything up. But I think the first thing is making sure you, you know, using some of these teams that we see LSU. I don't like comparing to LSU. Yeah. It was the one thing. It is what it is. But, but again, they, they found the an interesting field. style last year. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. They used all of their players and they used every bit of the field. I felt like LSU's strategy was literally line up a bunch of wide receivers, find a mismatch, and throw to that guy. <laughs> it worked. And I know it did. So, um, And again, I know we're not being critical of Jeff Scott and, and Tony Elliott, right. who are two incredible offensive coordinators, but that has kind of been a theme, I feel like, is you, you don't see the ball in the middle of the field as much. That's a complaint that I hear from fans. I get people who call in a number of times in the show, like, <laughs> why won't Clemson use the middle of the field? I know it's not intentional. Is it just something that develops over time? I mean, how how has that not been a focus, I guess? Well, it goes back to some of the things that we talked about earlier. Being able to have the running back that can be a threat. He can leak out there. Having a tight end mm-hmm. that can catch over across the middle. Having a solid slot spot to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. that a lot of these things go into it. And I think Clemson was kind of piecing and tooling themselves, trying to figure out what works best. And, you know, it's hard to kind of question championship winning coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's blatant. You can see it's wide open. But sometimes the play just does not dictate being able to do it. Interesting. All right, Mark Childers here on uh, the Mark Childers Show. We're here until 9 o'clock tonight. I've got Ellis Tolbert from the 4th and 16 podcast here until the end of this segment. So we're going heavy duty on uh, Clemson football. Uh, DJ Uyunglele is the new quarterback coming in. So you had Chase Bryce uh, as the backup quarterback, I guess, this past season. He's moved on now and has transferred up to Duke. I think we're all pulling for him up there. Do you expect to see more backup quarterback Time. I mean, I know that DJ came to Clemson and he had to know my freshman year, I'm not going to play much. You're playing behind perhaps the best quarterback in college football returning next year. Very good chance of him being the number one draft pick in the NFL in that uh, upcoming draft in 2021. Do you expect them to try to get him on the field more? And, and again, I mean, Trevor Lawrence left the field a lot in the second <laughs> half of games. Did. But is this something, and I guess this is where we're back to Brandon Streeter again, right? Is that something that he feels like he has to manage? Or are you just, hey, Trevor, go out and win us ball games, and when we're blowing somebody out, DJ, your turn? That's a really good question. But I will say that's assuming that Tyson Pumachan does yes, not come Yes, I did not mean to over, overlook so him. We'll find out a little bit more. We'll get a little bit more clarity in this mm-hmm. spring game, summer workouts. When fall comes, that's when we'll know kind of what we're working with. Yep. If Clemson's able to get a lot of good production out of Tyson Pumachon, mm-hmm. then you don't really need to use DJ a lot. Maybe get him in there, get him those four games. The kid's already said he's ready to come in and learn. He doesn't need to come in and start or play a lot. So that goes a long way. That shows you Dabo's recruiting the right kind of player, a five-star that wants to wait. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, but I think right now, depends on what happens in the spring and fall for Tyson and DJ. 
It's also interesting to hear uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think it was uh, between the Fiesta Bowl and the National Championship game, talking about DJ coming in there in practice and how impressed Trevor Lawrence was with DJ's arm. <laughs> yes. So basically, hey, I've got a giant arm, but have you seen this DJ guy throw the football yet? <laughs> it really is something, isn't it? Yeah. It's, well, I like to call it controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that I can, I mean, I won't name any quarterbacks from the past, but there's yeah. a lot of guys who had cannons but we're not hitting the guys. Yes. This guy actually has the accuracy to back it up. So that's why we're really getting excited excited about having a guy like DJ Uyunglele. Mm-hmm. You have to say Lele. Yep. Oh, uh, did I say it awesome. right? Okay. <laughs> I've got close to the pronunciation. And again, we need a nickname. I mean, DJ is DJ. probably what everybody's going to call him. I think <laughs> I even asked uh, Don Munson, of course, the voice of Clemson. I'm like, are you practicing? And he's like, I'm probably just going to call him. And he is. He's going to get it right every time. But he's that's like, right. yeah, you know, I think we might just be calling him DJ. <laughs> Whatever works. That's what I would it. do. If uh, if I were up in the booth and uh, they were paying me to do that. So, hey, uh, continuing to hang out here with uh, Ellis Tolbert uh, from the 4th and 16 podcast, talking Clemson football. So, um, Ellis, we haven't talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball, but Dorian O'Daniel, Isaiah Simmons, who's next? I mean, I feel like that that is a key position for Clemson next year because with Dorian and the ability that he had to do the things that he did. And then Isaiah, of course, took that, I feel like, to even a a higher level with his athleticism and things like that. I know it's hard to kind of pinpoint somebody because Isaiah played every play of the game, it felt like, the entire (laughs) season. But do you see anybody or does anybody jump out or or, or jump, uh, jump out at you that might be able to step in and do something like that? I think a lot of people are looking forward to having Mike Jones come in and maybe fill that spot. Mm -hmm. I think he's got that body type. He's got that kind of skill set. It's going to be interesting to see who can fill that. I I don't know that you can replace... And Isaiah, I'd be, I'd be willing to say that we'll have another guy in a different position group step up mm-hmm. and be that guy. But yep. I, I'm not exactly sure because Dorian did start that change. We saw that a little bit, but Isaiah really took it. Have you looked at his play chart? All the oh, places that he's played it's on ridiculous. the field. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to have someone that can do that. But I do no. think that we'll have a guy that can match his maybe linebacker prowess. I, mm-hmm. But I don't know that we'll have a guy. I, I Good question. <laughs> well, I, I don't think you can have another Isaiah Simmons, but I feel like you've got to have. And to me, it's as much. I didn't feel like Dorian O'Dan, and I'm not. I'm not dissing on Dorian at all, but right. I didn't feel like he was even the greatest athlete in the world. No. But he was such a smart football player, and he was always in the right place. And literally, I found myself on defense, and I did it this past year with Isaiah. But before that, with Dorian, I would just watch him because I'm like, that's where the balls he knows. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how these guys know this, and I think it's coaching. I think it's just an innate ability, but the ability to, to know where to be at the right time. You don't have to necessarily be the best athlete in right. the world if you're standing there and you got the play right from the from watching the video and things like that so i think that's a big piece of it as well so it's easy to look at the big bodies over there and say that's the guy but it's the guy who's got it going on up top who i think is going to jump in and be able to take that position that's right think about travis blanks Mm -hmm. go back to that he was kind of like the first evolution of dorian o'daniel and then that keeps going on if we can find a guy that can have a 6'4 230 pound body that runs a 4 4 40 uh we need about six of those good night yeah yeah that'd be good (laughs) i would feel like deandre mcdaniel going back even a little bit further they'd move him all over the field and i felt like he was an an interesting weapon so uh, i'm sure brent venables is up in his you know tower of defense or whatever and he has (laughs) uh all the mad scientist stuff working and uh and has it figured out already and uh and be able to figure out and go from there 
So, uh, so some good stuff. So, um, hey, Ellis, man, it's been a kick. Uh, been a kick having you here. Yeah. Um, and I want to start bringing you in on the regular on the Mark Childress show. Any final thoughts? You got about a minute left on uh, on spring practice. I'll say this for Clemson fans that are kind of trying to figure out what's going on with the season next year, Mm -hmm. this season, I'll say this. I think the floor for the Tigers this year, objectively, is a playoff loss. That's the floor. Mm -hmm. I think that Clemson has a great chance to be able to go back. You have a lot of leadership. You have a lot of guys who are coming back with production. If they can get that going, championship. I think so. I mean, obviously, you got some holes to fill on defense. You've lost some big uh, players on offense and uh, the, the offensive line concerns. But uh, recruiting class ever coming in? Ever. I think you got three or four guys that could be starting yes. this year. <laughs> I mean, there's a legitimate chance that you could have something like that. And Clemson's so deep at some of the key positions. And uh, I'm sure, just like you had the Alabama-Clemson handoff two times in a row, Clemson losing in the national title game this year, they'll be out for revenge. That's what they always say. It's the ultimate cliche, right? Oh, well, we're going to win it this next yeah. year because we want revenge. I don't think you'll get it on LSU, but maybe you can get it on uh, some type of SEC <laughs> right. team or uh, or something like that. So from the 4th and 16 podcast, Ellis Tolbert, at E. Tolbert Speaks. Is that what you are yes, on Twitter? on Twitter, E. Tolbert Speaks. At E. Tolbert Speaks. Go and follow him. He's always putting out good content and stuff like that. Ellis, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here, buddy. Appreciate it. Ellis Tolbert here hanging out with us. Hey, uh, coming up in hour number two of the show from Clemson Sports Talk, I'll have Lawton Swan. We'll be talking Clemson baseball and basketball as well. And the NFL might be changing their playoffs. We're going to talk about that in the final hour coming up. This is the Mark Childress Show. From the Priority One Security Studios, WCCP 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT, 1560 Cal